for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome you to Living Life. Today we're continuing to look at the book of Jeremiah, and I want to just begin with a question. Are you content or complacent? You know, I've heard the story, maybe you have, of two gentlemen who were neighbors and they both were believers, and they created a prayer path out to a forest near their backyard. And so each and every day for years, they would go out their back door and they would walk the path out to the forest where they had a special place where they would pray. But over time, one of the neighbors noticed that grass was growing over their neighbor's prayer path. And so he confronted his neighbor and just said, Brother in the Lord, you need to not be complacent you need to get back to your prayer life. You know, too often we can turn from being content to being complacent. And we can see, like with the people here that we're going to learn about in our text today of Moab, that they were ones that we could say they had a continued prosperity, but it bred like a carnal security a complacency, and they had a misplaced faith. And so today, as we have the scriptures read to us, let's really listen in and see that indeed we want to be a people who keep away from that complacency, but we really want to turn to the Lord and rest in His grace. So let's have ears to hear now as the scriptures are read for us. Jeremiah chapter 48 verses 1 through 25 Concerning Moab, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Woe to Nebo, for it will be ruined. Kiriathayim will be disgraced and captured. The stronghold will be disgraced and shattered. Moab will be praised no more. In Heshbon, people will plot her downfall. Come, let us put an end to that nation. You, the people of madmen, will also be silenced. The sword will pursue you. Cries of anguish arise from Huranaim, cries of great havoc and destruction. Moab will be broken. Her little ones will cry out. They go up the hill to Luhith, weeping bitterly as they go. On the road down to Horonaim, anguish cries over the destruction are heard. Flee, run for your lives, become like a bush in the desert. Since you trust in your deeds and riches, you too will be taken captive, and Chemosh will go into exile together with his priests and officials. The destroyer will come against every town, and not a town will escape. The valley will be ruined and the plateau destroyed because the Lord has spoken. 
Put salt on Moab, for she will be laid waste. Her towns will become desolate, with no one to live in them. A curse on anyone who is lax in doing the Lord's work. A curse on anyone who keeps their sword from bloodshed. Moab has been at rest from youth, like wine left on its dregs, not poured from one jar to another. She has not gone into exile. So she tastes as she did, and her aroma is unchanged. But days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send men who pour from pitchers, and they will pour her out. They will empty her pitchers and smash her jars. Then Moab will be ashamed of Chemosh, as Israel was ashamed when they trusted in Bethel. How can you say we are warriors, men valiant in battle? Moab will be destroyed and her towns invaded. Her finest young men will go down in the slaughter, declares the king, whose name is the Lord Almighty. The fall of Moab is at hand. Her calamity will come quickly. Mourn for her, all who live around her, all who know her fame. Say, how broken is the mighty scepter, how broken the glorious staff. Come down from your glory and sit on the parched ground, you inhabitants of daughter Debon. For the one who destroys Moab will come up against you and ruin your fortified cities. Stand by the road and watch, you who live in Eroer. Ask the man fleeing and the woman escaping. Ask them, what has happened? Moab is disgraced, for she is shattered. Wail and cry out. Announced by the Arnon that Moab is destroyed. Judgment has come to the plateau, to Holon, Jazah, and Mephaath, to Dibon, Nebo, and Beth-Diblathaim, to Kiriathaim, Beth-Gamol, and Beth-Meon, to Kiriath, and Bozrah, to all the towns of Moab, far and near. Moab's horn is cut off, her arm is broken, declares the Lord. So we're in the section of Jeremiah where God is bringing through the prophet Jeremiah messages to these foreign lands. And we've come now to the land of Moab. And the Moabites, well, they were complacent because things have been going so well for them. They weren't out in exile. Things were just moving along. And we have in verse 11 an interesting way that this is described. It says, Moab has been at rest from youth like wine left on its dregs, not poured out from one jar to another. And so these things that can settle at the bottom of, say, a wine bottle that kind of can bring it some flavor, but if it's left there for a while, it can actually make the wine turn bad. Well, that's what's happening to the people in Moab. But actually what God's going to do anyway is pour out that wine. He's going to bring judgment upon the people. And he says he's even going to break the bottles, that which contained the wine, their lives. There's going to be utter destruction upon them. But for the moment, they're, they're just complacent and they're just willing to just let things be. And they get careless 
and kind of conceited. And there's a word that's hubris is the word. And that's kind of what they have, an exaggerated pride, like nothing's going to happen to us. In fact, they kind of taunted the Israelites because they had gone into exile as God's people. But here they're just going along, moving along and being complacent. And they even had a, their own deity, a false god. And we're told the name, it's Chemosh. And we see that in verse 7 and also verse 13. But of course, idolatry, it is a mistake about reality. And they were ones that were worshiping this false god. And this is like an error in world view. They had a misplaced faith and trust in this thing that was man-made. And they were, yes, they were giving power to this. And of course, that is idolatry. And that was leading them astray. And so we see here in our text that for a long time, Moab had, had no wars. There were no pestilence. And things were just moving along. They were self-confident and they were secure, kind of a vain security, and they were boastful about it. Well, God had something in store and he is the Lord Almighty. And so judgment was going to come upon the people because often, you know, continued prosperity can just breed this carnal security. And we know that God has the last word. I mean, think about like in the time of Noah, where the people were complacent. They were just willing to go about their sinful behaviors. Things were going well and prospering. But of course, God has many things that he can use. And he used the weather. He brought rain upon the people, this great flood. Or think about like for in the time of Moab, we see that God could use a foreign enemy to come in and destroy them. But also think about like in the end when Christ returns, we're told that there's going to be a lot of complacency. They're just going to be people moving about and doing their thing and thinking like life is fine. And there'll be some pride and arrogance and self-confidence that they can handle anything that comes their way. In fact, there would be idolatry. And boy, does that sound like what we're seeing today, where people are having a misplaced faith. Well, we as God's people, as we go about our lives today with all the various things that are happening in this world, that we know that our faith and our hope, our trust and our confidence is to be placed securely in Christ alone. And so let's together as God's people move forward and encourage one another to just more and more embody agape love, that love that God has for us 
and we can extend that to others. And let's surrender to our Lord, really become his apprentices and learn from him and to surrender our lives to him. Trust him for our eternity of happy tomorrows. Let's do that to God's glory and our joy. So as we close our Living Life devotion today, and we began this devotional with the question, are you content or complacent? Well, if you find yourself kind of saying, well, to be honest, I am complacent, I want to let you know that there's something that we can do to remove ourselves from that. And one thing that we can do is be thankful. Right? When things are going well, or even when there's adversity, we can be thankful. I know for myself, one thing that I praise the Lord for is there were thoughts that I might have cancer, but I had a test done and there is no cancer. And so I rejoice with that result. And I can give thanks and really just want to trust the Lord, whether it's good news or bad news. And the other thing that we can do to remedy this complacency that can come about in our lives is to fast and pray and to really develop that prayer path and to be consistent in our prayers. So let's do that. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to come to you in prayer, to know that you are a God who hears our prayers, and that, Father, you invite us into a life of trusting Christ. We thank you that he does deliver us. And so, Lord, we don't want to be complacent. Lord, we don't want to have a misguided and misplaced faith. But Lord, we want to truly look to Jesus, come to him, and to turn to him in times that are good and also in times that are difficult. We do thank you and praise you. In Christ's name, amen.